your Locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 577 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Just want to thank you guys for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. That song you were hearing right now is, of course, Leave the Lights On from our good friends in Pacifier. You can check those guys out anywhere you get your music. And the Rangers, just a couple of minutes ago, wrapping up a 4-2 home loss to the visiting Carolina Hurricanes, a game in which a win would have actually put the Rangers into a tie with the Canes for first place in the Metro Division. Instead, the regulation loss now leaves them four points behind the Canes. There's still some opportunity to perhaps uh, you know track them down their uh, are a handful of games remaining on the schedule, and the Rangers actually play the Canes one more time after tonight. Uh, so far, the Canes have won two of the three matchups between these teams this season. We'll see what happens in round four. And typically, you know, anytime that we do an episode immediately following a game, you know, the meat and potatoes of that episode of Locked on New York Rangers is certainly going to be uh, the game itself. And for the most part, you know, we're going to do that. We're going to get to all the highlights and lowlights of this game for sure. But we can't bury the lead here, guys. Chris Kreider with a 50-goal season at the age of 30. He has never even had a 30-goal season prior to his just absolute outburst this season. It's hard to even come up with the adjectives to describe what he's doing, but I'm going to do my absolute best here to uh, you know, give Kreider the proper respect that he deserves for just this absolutely unreal, incredible season that he's having. Uh, for starters, you know... I think back to two years ago when we were at the trade deadline, just a little bit over two years ago at this point, and there was a lot of conjecture both ways about, you know, should the Rangers trade Chris Kreider? Should they extend Chris Kreider? The one thing they could not do was to simply just hang on to him through the trade deadline and let him play out the final year of his contract and risk losing him in unrestricted free agency for nothing. And the reason you couldn't do that is because the Rangers, frankly, just weren't very good that season. You know, they, at the time, you know, Still had a little bit of a chance at the playoffs, I suppose, but they were definitely on the outside of the playoff picture looking in. So you could not afford to let this guy walk for nothing. And we did a special crossover edition with Ross Levitin of Locked On Senators, uh, you know, in our last two episodes, in fact. And we were talking a little bit about that decision by the Rangers. And, you know, he talked about how the Senators were in the Eastern Conference uh, Finals about five or six years ago, whatever it is at this point, and they basically just blew up their entire team. Not a single player from that team uh, remains with these Senators. And again, that was only about five years ago, so it's pretty wild to think about. But I made the point, and I think uh, Ross agreed with me, that at a certain point, even if you are rebuilding, you got to hang on to a couple of vets. you got to have a couple of guys in the room who can kind of lead the way for the young guys, guys who have been part of you know Stanley Cup playoff action, preferably have maybe even won a cup. I realize Kreider hasn't won a cup, but he's been a part of some very deep playoff runs for the New York Rangers. He's played his entire career in New York with the Rangers, so he knows what it's like to deal with, you know, the intense scrutiny that comes with being a professional athlete in New York City. So there's all that, and 
Again, there was a spirited debate on both sides. I was really in favor of bringing Kreider back, and I'm really glad that they did it. Uh, $6.5 million per season seemed like a little steep at the time. You know, I was hoping maybe it would be a little bit less than that. But again, the Rangers had a ton of cap space. And like I said, sooner or later, you need some players on your roster. You need some guys that can, you know, actually give you a team. And again, at least a couple of veterans in the room to lead the way for some of the young guys and some of the guys who are new to the New York Rangers in general. But now six and a half million, I mean, that looks like an absolute steal because when you look at what he's done for this team this season, and it's not just the stats and it's not just the goals. We'll get to all the stats in just a second. Obviously, we know the big one is 50 goals, but it's also what this guy does from a leadership perspective because he's by far the longest tenured Ranger at this point. It's pretty obvious a lot of guys on this team, you can tell just by watching them interact with each other on the ice, in the locker room, whatever it might be during post-game press conferences, even just making you know small banter with each other. Uh, a lot of guys on this team certainly gravitate to Chris Kreider. I know that Chris Kreider would certainly still be my pick to be the next New York Ranger captain if they ever name one. They may, they may not. I mean, part of me at this point almost thinks the heck with it because they're having a fantastic season and it doesn't seem like not having a captain is really slowing them down too much. And I realize there's some love out there for guys like Mika Zibanejad, maybe even for Jacob Truba, maybe even for somebody that we're not necessarily thinking of. Although I got to think if the Rangers name a captain going into next season, it would certainly be one of those three guys. But Kreider, you know, he's the emotional, fiery leader out there. And again, the guy that has been there and done that, the guy who has been through the ups and the downs and the Stanley Cup runs and, uh, you know, the rebuild and everything. I mean, the guy has literally seen it all. And I want to go ahead and kind of just marvel at the season that he's put up beyond the 50 goals. Because again, we all know about the 50 goals at this point. That's certainly, you know, the lead of this game. And it's what Ranger fans are going to be buzzing about. And rightfully so. But uh, he's having, you know, by any number, by any stat, by any eye test, uh, even beyond the 50 goals, the best season that he's ever had for the New York Rangers. Now, this stat page that I've got open has unfortunately not updated to include tonight's game. Uh, but be that as it may... Uh, these are the numbers that Chris Kreider has put up this season. As we know, he's up to 50 goals. Just absolutely fantastic. One of only four New York Rangers to ever accomplish the feat. On top of that, Kreider now up to 21 assists. So he's got a shot uh, to actually tie or maybe even surpass his career high in assists, which is 25, which he did in 2016-2017 and also 2014-2015. He'd have to rally a little bit there to you know match his previous career high in assists, uh, but he's got a shot at it for sure. Obviously, now he's up to 71 points. That is a career high. He is a plus 19 in the plus minus department, the second best mark of his career. The best mark came back in 2014-2015 when he was a plus 24, so he's got a shot at that one as well. Uh, 25 goals now on the man advantage is absolutely ridiculous. He has scored the first Three shorthanded goals of his career this season. He had never had a shorthanded point before this year. He's got 10 game-winning goals. That doubles his previous career best of five, which he did twice. He's got a career-high 231 shots on goal and a career-best 21% shooting percentage. And that's crazy. I mean, really think about that. This guy is scoring on one out of every five shots that he takes. And I realize part of the reason for that is a lot of his goals come on deflections and stuff in tries from the doorstep. Uh, but be that as it may, scoring on once every five times that you shoot the puck is very, very impressive no matter how you're doing it. And 
That isn't to say that every single goal that Chris Kreider scores is, you know, a dirty goal. He's scored some beautiful goals this season. Goals number 48 and 49 were both snipes. I mean, they weren't necessarily dirty goals, but I think it was pretty appropriate that his 50th goal tonight uh, came with him, you know, wreaking havoc in the crease and just instinctively finding a loose puck and just stuffing it into the net. That goal came, by the way, uh, with the Rangers down by two late in the third period. They were down three to one. They had pulled Igor Shesterkin with a minute and change remaining. Uh, Kreider, once again, cleaning up the loose change in the crease, stuffing it home, giving the Rangers a chance, cutting the Carolina lead to three to two. Unfortunately, uh, the rally wasn't meant to be, and the Canes got a goal with uh, five or six seconds remaining to salt it away at four to two. But one thing I loved about Kreider scoring this goal here he didn't really, like, take in the moment all that much. I mean, I almost wish that he would have a little bit more than he did. But he was very well aware of the situation that was at hand. And he wasn't going to make it about him and make it about his 50 goals. I mean, he scored this goal with, like I said, how much time exactly was left here? I want to get the exact time right. There was a minute and 38 seconds left when Kreider scored this goal. And the Rangers were still down 3-2 uh, to two at this point. And so... You know, he celebrated with his teammates like always, but he was wearing the game face. I don't even think he smiled. He just skated right back to center ice and got in position for the faceoff and was ready to go and try to get the Rangers the equalizer. So you just love that from Chris Kreider. He's not going to make it about himself. Uh, just a team first guy, a really good guy away from the ice. He does tremendous work with the Garden of Dreams Foundation. Just so, so cool to see Chris Kreider, again, one of the good guys in hockey, uh, reach the 50-goal plateau against all odds, defying all expectations that could have possibly been had for him this season. And, man, we just, as Ranger fans, the only thing that we can hope is that the best is still to come because, obviously, the Rangers are going to be in the playoffs, and you just hope that he can keep scoring at the kind of clip that he is right now, or at least close to it. And if he does, obviously, that's going to bode very, very well for the Rangers' chances of making a deep run in the postseason uh, this year. I feel like I could talk about Chris Kreider all night. We do have a game to get to, and then maybe on Friday's episode, we'll spend a little bit more time talking about Kreider and just the impact that he's had on this team overall. Uh, obviously, Friday's episode will not be a game recap episode, so uh, we'll keep that open, and like I said, maybe dive a little bit more into uh, you know some of the Top highlights of Chris Kreider's season. That's not going to be easy to figure out because the guy's got 50 goals, but we'll try to you know, pinpoint some of the best moments of Chris Kreider's season. Uh, like I said, we're going to get to the Rangers and Canes game, all the highlights, all the lowlights in just a second. But first, I just want to let everybody know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by HelloFresh. With HelloFresh, you get farm-fresh, pre-portioned ingredients, and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. Get farm fresh, seasonal produce, and easy-to-make recipes delivered right to your door every week. Ingredients travel from the farm to your doorstep in under a week, so they always arrive fresh, all without a trip to the grocery store or farmer's market. I always like HelloFresh because it allows me to make dinner quickly and easily and always make sure I'm ready to go and ready to watch the Rangers when the puck drops, usually at 7 p.m. Go to HelloFresh.com slash LockedOn16 and use code LockedOn16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. Go to HelloFresh.com slash LockedOn16 and use code LockedOn16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. All right, just want to thank you guys for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. 
You know, I obviously just mentioned Chris Kreider and the phenomenal season that he's having, the fact that he just hit the 50-goal plateau and how much he means for the Rangers, but it's crazy. I mean, you look up and down this roster, there's guys setting new career highs and, uh, you know, tying franchise records uh, seemingly on a nightly basis with this team. In fact, Artemi Panarin is now in a tie, a four-way tie to be exact, for most multi-assist games this season. He's got 18 of those, to be exact, and he is tied with Messier, Leach, and Rattel. So one more multiple assist game for Artemi Panarin before the regular season concludes, and he will stand alone above uh, any other Ranger in that statistic. And I think he does it. You know, he's got a handful of games left. He's got, I believe, seven games left in the season at this point. Uh, No, eight games left in the season. So I think Panarin's got one more uh, multi-assist performance within him. And then on top of that, Mika Zibanejad with his 75th point of the night in this game. That is a new career high for Mika Zibanejad as well. I mean, it's just crazy. It's just been a phenomenal season. Even among, you know, the star players on this team, they're all performing, you know, at or near their expectations. You know, they're exceeding their already very lofty expectations. Guys like Artemi Panarin, guys like Mika Zibanejad, even guys like Adam Fox, Igor Sesterkin, uh, that's kind of been the theme of the team this season. I, I think it's an entire roster of guys who have mostly overachieved, mostly uh, beaten whatever their season expectations would have been coming into this campaign. But there is something else that I want to talk about before we, you know, once again, turn to the game action here, and that is... Uh, some new information as far as everything that went down between Alex Guriev and Tony D'Angelo uh, in what turned out to be D'Angelo's final game as a New York Ranger. This comes to us from Arthur Staple, who is a New York hockey columnist and a New York Ranger reporter for The Athletic. Uh, according to him, uh, this is what happened between D'Angelo and Alex Guriev in the locker room on that very faithful night last season. This is straight from Mr. Staple. It says, in the locker room afterward... D'Angelo cracked to Georgiev as he walked by the goalie. Make a f***ing save. Georgiev took a swing. The two Rangers were separated. And D'Angelo, already on team probation for an incident a few weeks prior, was banished. Two people present for the comment and the fight confirmed the details. And on one hand, I thought about not even bringing this up because, you know, it's in the past. I mean, this happened almost two years ago now, uh, at least more than a year and a half ago. And Tony D'Angelo is long gone. The Rangers are having a fantastic season without him. Uh, And Tony D'Angelo, for his part, however you might feel about him, uh, seems to be having a pretty solid campaign for the Carolina Hurricanes. So I suppose all's well that ends well. Uh, But I I know, you know, that whole incident, There's it's always been kind of shrouded in at least some secrecy as far as, you know, the uh, the specific details of everything that was said and everything that went down. Uh, there's not a ton of new information here. I, I don't know that we ever knew the exact crack that uh, D'Angelo made to Georgiev as he walked by, but if this story is to be believed, then obviously there was some vulgarity involved and uh, D'Angelo doing something that you just don't do. You don't take a, a swipe at your goalie like that after he's had a tough night. And by the way, uh, D'Angelo, yeah, I mean, Georgiev had a rough night. D'Angelo was on the ice for four out of those five goals in that game. So let's not act like uh, you know D'Angelo was playing at, all, at an all-star level that night either. Uh, but be that as it may, uh, like I said, I think we can go ahead, turn our attention to this game here. We had to talk about Chris Kreider and, you know, obviously the ridiculous season that he's had and also a little bit of drama here from uh, everything that happened with Tony D'Angelo last year. But it's now time to once again focus our attention on this game. I thought the Rangers' best period of the night was the first period. They came out ready to play. 
skating hard. Seemed like the rink was tilted. Seemed like basically almost the entire first period was played on Carolina's side of the rink. Unfortunately, uh, did not lead to the Rangers having an advantage on the scoreboard. It was a scoreless first period. I thought the Panarin line looked really good early, uh, just really buzzing. The fourth line had a nice shift early in this game, as well as some really sustained offensive pressure. And this all led to uh, former Ranger Brady Shea, taking a penalty for a cross-check on Barclay Goodrow and giving the Rangers a man advantage. Unfortunately, a little bit of an off night for the Ranger power play. Uh, you know, a couple of chances here and there throughout the night, but overall just were not able to cash in on their opportunities. They go 0 for 4 on the man advantage against the Canes, who do play a very good defensive game and are very good on the penalty kill as well. Uh, but again, unfortunately, just not a great night for the New York Ranger power play. They had another man advantage later in the first period. This one was a little bit better. A couple more scoring opportunities. You had Freddie Anderson making a nice save or two uh, on that one, but... Was a little bit disappointing getting into the locker rooms there and not having the advantage. Felt like the Rangers deserved better than a scoreless tie at the first intermission here for sure. I thought Frank Vetrano was all over the ice for the Rangers in this game. He was one of the Rangers' best players, I would say, certainly through the first two periods. He wasn't quite as noticeable in the third when the Canes really kind of took over, but uh, creating all kinds of scoring opportunities and uh, taking full advantage of playing uh, with Mika Zibanejad and Chris Kreider. Like I said, the absolute steal of the trade deadline season coming to New York in exchange for just a fourth-round pick, but he got a great chance at the end of the first period here. You got the Canes moving the puck around in the Rangers' zone in the final 30 seconds or so, and then Mika Zibanejad with a great stick to deflect a pass. It goes right to Chris Kreider, and then Kreider moves the puck up the ice, springs Vitrano into the attacking zone. Vitrano is one-on-one with the Carolina defenseman, snaps a shot with six seconds left. Anderson makes a save and holds for a stoppage. But uh, yeah, Frank Vitrano, like I said, all over the ice on this one. And then uh, in the second period, he actually uh, made a play that led to the Rangers scoring a goal, taking a one to nothing lead. Very, very early in the second period. We're going to break down that goal in just a second. Uh, but first, just want to let everybody know that today's episode of Locked on New York Rangers is brought to you by Built Bar. I'm sticking to my resolution to eat right, thanks to Built Bar. It almost feels like it's not really a resolution because I actually enjoy eating them. Have you tried the puffs? If you haven't, you're missing out on one of Built Bar's best tasting bars. All Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Yes, puffs included. 100% real chocolate. Low calorie, high protein, replace your candy bars with these. They are better. A typical candy bar can be anywhere from two to 300 calories. Most Built Bars contain 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. At Built Bar, they are all about the taste. They make it taste delicious first, then they figure out how to make it healthy. And I don't know how they do it, but they pull it off every single time. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, as promised, going to go ahead and break down this first New York Ranger goal of the night. Happened just over a minute into the second period. Keandre Miller started and ended this play. First of all, you got the Canes Coming into the Rangers zone on the rush, they gain the blue line and a great stick check by Keandre Miller, knocking the puck away from his guy. The Rangers uh, go in the opposite direction. You got Frank Vetrano up the right side. He gains the blue line, hits the brakes, and sends a perfect pass across the ice to Mika Zibanejad. Uh, this is a long pass, and it had to be absolutely perfect because there was a Canes defenseman there, uh, just missed getting his stick on it, but Vetrano really threaded the needle here, which is an outstanding pass. And, you know, if Vetrano... 
Certainly the first thing that comes to mind when you think about his offensive game is his shot, and rightfully so. He's got an absolutely lethal snipe. He can score from seemingly anywhere on the ice and is not afraid to take advantage of having a really good shot. We've seen that multiple times with the Rangers where he'll just throw the puck on net and uh, often score or at least come close to scoring uh, with that lethal shot that he has. But I will say... This guy has made some really, really nice passes since he's joined the Rangers, and this was one of them. This might have been the best one that he's made so far because, like I said, very, very small window to fit this puck into to keep the play alive, and a very long pass. You know, like I said, he was along the boards on the right side, got Tamika Zibanejad along the boards on the left side, and did so while keeping it just out of the reach of a Carolina defenseman. Then you get Mika carrying the puck again up the left side in deep, sends a backhand pass across the crease to Keandre Miller. Keandre Miller started this whole thing with a good defensive play, and he finishes it here with a tap-in goal from the doorstep. Rangers go up one to nothing there, and Keandre Miller had himself a heck of a game, and he came within an eyelash of scoring a goal that I think might have legitimately been in the goal of the year conversation had this happened. And we might as well just go ahead and go right through this as well. This is in the third period. It's when the Rangers are down 3-1, to one, obviously trying to get back into the game. You got Keandre Miller bringing the puck through the neutral zone and driving hard to the net. The moves that he made here, he basically danced around a guy in the neutral zone like he was standing still. And then after he gained the Carolina blue line, he moved the puck right through the legs of a defenseman and unfortunately was not quite able to beat Anderson once he got in deep there. But he basically just undressed two different players on the Carolina Hurricanes to go in alone. And again, if he if he puts this one in the net, if he goes five-hole here, it is a legitimate goal of the year nominee. And not just for the Rangers, I'm talking about for the entire NHL. And then... You know, you've got Tony D'Angelo taking a slashing penalty, but the play continues, and Keandre Miller gets to the puck uh, behind the net and throws it toward the front, and it actually hit the post, uh, you know, shooting from behind the net. So that was kind of interesting. Strom had a chance to potentially bury the puck uh, while this was still a delayed penalty against the Canes. Unfortunately, his shot got deflected away. Rangers get to the power play. But like I said, uh, just was not a good night for the Ranger man advantage. And in fact, Ryan Strom ended up hooking his guy just 38 seconds into the power play here. So it didn't last very long. And the teams ended up skating four aside uh, for the next minute and 22. And the Rangers were not able to convert there and remain down three to one at that point in the game. And speaking of Ranger power plays, there was another, uh, you know, set of events that happened earlier in this game in the second period that were uh, somewhat controversial and involved Barkley Goodrow and former New York Ranger Brennan Smith. So the Rangers get a power play when Goudreau kind of backed into Brennan Smith and Smith was off balance and kind of grabbed Goudreau. Goudreau falls to the ice and I think Goudreau kind of knew what he was doing here. You know, the announcers were talking about this. Looked like uh, he was looking to draw the penalty against Brennan Smith, which he did. Uh, unfortunately, the Rangers were not able to convert on this power play. I mean, they didn't convert all night, so uh, that's probably understood at this point. But um, then there was an incident after the power play. Brandon Smith is back out there on the ice. Barkley Goodrow, I didn't see it happen live, but I just saw him down on the ice. Uh, he was shaken up, went right to the locker room. He came back later, so hopefully he's okay. Uh, but it was really weird because uh, Goodrow went toward Brennan Smith, and Smith really kind of caught him up high. And it was just a really weird play. Uh, you know, Micheletti was saying that he thought that Brandon Smith was simply bracing for Barkley Goodrow at the last second and, and saw him very late and then kind of got his stick up high to kind of protect himself. I'm not so sure. I mean, this... Smith got him with his stick up pretty high. I know Gerard Gallant certainly did not like this. You could tell just by watching him on the bench. I don't want to necessarily go after Brandon Smith because, uh, you know, obviously I think we're all very appreciative of what he did toward the end of his Ranger tenure, fighting, you know, Tom Wilson, everything that happened there. 
Uh, and, you know, Guy was a good teammate and a hardworking player, even if he didn't necessarily live up to his contract. But this was weird. Just the way that it, it occurred, uh, something was really off here. I wouldn't go so far as to say that this was a dirty play. Maybe I'm giving a former Ranger a little bit of the benefit of the doubt. But, uh, yeah, just kind of an odd situation here. Glad to see that Barclay Goodrow was okay, though, and that he was able to return to the game. And then something else that I want to talk about, this is something that I mentioned in the Locked On Now video that we do, uh, you know, for all these games. And it's the very simple fact that these are two outstanding third-period hockey teams. You know, the Canes coming into this game were a plus 39 in third periods for the season. That is the best in the NHL. The Rangers were plus 33, which is the third-best uh, goal differential in the league. And the Rangers, when tied going into the third period, at least before tonight, were 16-3-1. That is the best in the NHL. Carolina 11-1-3, the sixth best in the league. So something's got to give here. You've got two phenomenal third period teams. And unfortunately, this is the Rangers' worst period of the night. I think more than anything, you really have to kind of tip your cap to the Carolina Hurricanes. They were opportunistic when it came to scoring some goals. And I thought that they just relentlessly pressured the puck. Something that was said on the broadcast that I'll kind of echo here is that every time a Ranger had the puck, it felt like there were three Canes you know, right on top of them. Just very, very little room to maneuver. Very few chances to get anything going. And as much as the rink was tilted in the Rangers' favor in the first period, I thought the opposite was true here in the third period, or at least the vast majority of the third period. Rangers started to get it going a little bit toward the end. Obviously didn't give up and got back into the game uh, toward the end when Chris Kreider scored that goal, gave themselves a chance. Nice to see that never-say-die attitude coming from the New York Rangers, but uh, just too little too late. And my hope is that this is just kind of a lesson for the Rangers. And again, they've been a really, really good third-period team this season. But the Canes apparently are the absolute best in the league at it, which isn't that surprising, you know, given the style of hockey that they play and, you know, given the quality coaching that they receive. Um, but I think that, you know, there's a lesson to be learned here that as good as the Rangers have been in the third period this season, and specifically in games that are tied going to the third period, as this one was, they need to find a whole other level to get to against this Carolina Hurricanes team. And they're going to have another opportunity at the end of the regular season here. They play the Canes in the third to last game of the regular season, the fourth and final matchup of the regular season. And then if they play them in the playoffs, uh, that's going to be a good challenge to face because I don't think it'll be in the first round. It certainly seems right now, uh, with the Canes being in first place in the Metro, Rangers being in second place, that if they play each other in the playoffs, it's certainly going to come at least in the second round. Uh, so that'd be a good challenge for the Rangers to have, for sure, because it would mean that they're probably already out of the first round. And then one other topic that I want to cover real quick here before we call it a night is that, you know, I saw some uh, debate on social media going into this matchup tonight, you know, fans kind of going back and forth a little bit on this idea. And that is the concept of the Rangers maybe not playing Igor Shesterkin against the Carolina Hurricanes in this game here tonight, simply because Alex Georgiev uh, played in the first two matchups between these two teams and most recently pitched a 44-save shutout for the Rangers in a one to nothing win against Carolina. So I get where people are coming from, you know, hide Igor Shesterkin from the Carolina Hurricanes and not give them any looks at Igor before the playoffs start. I get that concept, but by that same token, I'm against it. I think Igor Shesterkin had to play in this game. You've got a chance to force a tie atop the Metro division and, you know, potentially then go on to win it. This is a big, big game for the Rangers, and I wanted the Rangers to be able to put their best foot forward against this Carolina Hurricanes team. I realize it's the first game of a back-to-back. -back. The Rangers will be back in action tomorrow night against the Philadelphia Flyers. But to me, that's the game for Georgie. I wanted the 
Rangers to go with the goalie that gave them the best chance to win against uh, one of the best teams in the league and a team that they're fighting with for the division crown. I will say this, though. The Rangers play the Canes, as I just mentioned a second ago, in the third-to-last game of the regular season. That will be happening on Tuesday, April 26th. The Rangers then play uh, the second game of what will be a back-to-back at home against the Canadians at 7.30 the following night, and then they wrap up their regular season two nights after that at home against the Washington Capitals. If the Rangers are in a position against the Canes on Tuesday the 26th, again, the third-to-last game of the regular season, where the Rangers already are kind of locked into their playoff spot. They can't necessarily go up or down in the standings, and they more or less know the opponent that they're going to face in the first round of the playoffs. Then I would say in that situation, yes, give the Canes one less look at Igor Shesterkin, especially right before the playoffs are going to start. Uh, Put Alex Georgiev in there, and then Igor can play the following night at home against Montreal. Because at that point, if you're locked into your playoff spot, you can't go up or down in the standings no matter what. Uh, You've got a back-to-back situation. You're going to have Igor sit one of those games anyway. Then by all means take him out of the lineup uh, for that game against the Carolina Hurricanes. I think it would make more sense in that situation, but if we get to Tuesday the 26th and the Rangers and Canes are tied in the standings or the Canes are one point up or the Rangers are one point up, then go with Igor Shesterkin for that game. The guy that gives you the best chance to win, the guy that gives you the chance to uh, potentially win your division, and you know, I understand there's some Ranger fans that might be concerned about winning the division because it could mean that you end up uh, facing the Tampa Bay Lightning, and nobody wants that. I understand that, but to me, uh, you play to win, and you can't be afraid of success. You can't be afraid of winning your division and, uh, you know, giving yourself a good seat in the playoffs and giving yourself home ice advantage for the first two rounds of the Stanley Cup playoffs. So that's my thoughts on that whole situation, and I think that's a pretty good way to wrap up this night. Again, an unfortunate third period for the Rangers, kind of did them in. Uh, not the kind of loss that's going to stick in your craw for too long, I don't think. Uh, these were two outstanding hockey teams, very evenly played game for most of the night, and somebody's got to win, somebody's got to lose. Unfortunately, the Rangers come up on the short end of the stick here, but I would certainly expect them to bounce back tomorrow night in Philadelphia. Uh, that will pretty much do it for tonight, though, guys. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. And definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time. Thanks for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. In our next episode, we're going to break down everything that happens between the Rangers and Flyers. Now make your second listen Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Host Steel Rodine and Flip Livingston help you become the expert of your fantasy league. It is free and available wherever you get your podcasts.